Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. I am so excited because I get to talk to the one, the only, Jonathan Mark, psychic medium today. You might have heard him on the Jenny McCarthy Show, other programs. He has done readings for celebrities. He has brushes with reality TV fame, stardom, and he's here to talk to us today in this crazy time in the world. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I'm like, wow, uh, what a what an interesting time in this world for you know us to connect, and I'm so glad we get to. We're going to talk about some big ideas and maybe get into some more personal things that I'll put over on the Pink Shade Patreon, but uh, I mean, what what do you do, and what do you do in a time like this? Tell me about your work. Yeah, so basically, like you said, I'm a psychic medium, Mm -hmm. and I really focus on the medium side. Obviously, I do the psychic stuff as well. But in a time like this, you know, I just feel like people are really leaning on people that are in the spiritual, like, world or the spiritual work, you know, for answers, you know, for guidance. And most importantly, they're looking for hope and faith. And, like, that's the biggest thing that people look for, obviously, throughout that with validation, and stuff um but with what i do is i like to connect people to loved ones that have crossed over whether Mm -hmm. it's friends or family and through that validate you know i'm really big into you know really really getting their personality who they are specific things about them and you and them you know unfortunately when people see me they think i'm like 13 years old so they get very like (laughs) You know, why is this little kid bringing up such personal stuff? <laughs> like, and they get so like shell shocked. And the best is like when people come to me. Like, a lot of people that, that like come to me don't know me so much. They'll like see me, and then they'll make an appointment, and then months, months later, I guess they forget like what I look like because when they show up to my like where I do my readings and stuff their face drops and they're like, are you the one who's reading me? Like, where's Jonathan? I'm like, no, it's me. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And you could tell they're like, hmm, this kid looks like he's 12 to 13, like whatever. So it's almost like a Tyler Henry phenomenon, but you, yeah, you're much different than him, but it's that idea of like, uh, are you old enough? Are you wise enough to know these things? But exactly. Tell, tell me your background with this. I'm always fascinated with how this kind of gift is revealed to you and what your family thought of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell me tell me everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so my mom's sister passed away. So my aunt passed away when I was about six months old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from a young age, my mom had pictures around the house and things like that. And I'd, you know, tell my mom that, like, Sue is here. So I, when I was getting an interview done, I want to say a couple weeks ago, actually, I never even heard of this story. But um, I, was, I was being interviewed um, and... 
they, you know, asked me to ask my mom if there's any stories besides the ones I will obviously tell you soon, but that's like really stuck out to her. And she's like, well, and mind you, I didn't know this. So this kind of creeped me out too. Hmm. Um, she said, we, I was about three years old. We were, my mom was driving and my brother and I were in the car and my mom was, and it was dead silent. And my mom was thinking about my, um, my aunt, her sister, Sue. And I said to her out of like, my mom said nowhere. And I said, you know, Sue knows that you're thinking about her right now. My mom turned around and said, what? Wow. <laughs> like freaked her out. But then it got a little bit, a little bit more weird. So I turned about four or five. I think it was a family party, like a, a holiday or something. And I, and everyone was sitting around the dinner table. And I guess I walked up to my mom and I said to her, I was like, hey, um, and Sue wants me to tell you um, a huge thank you for burying her in her jean jacket. And my mom's like, what's what's going on? And then it got even like Did a you little to, more. Do you need to go get that? No, I was, I was actually about to hang hang that up. Oh, okay. Do whatever you need to do. No big deal. All right. I, I, I just hung it up. Um, <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, so... Down. Oh my god. I'm just gonna go downstairs where there's no phone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You're gonna hear my dog bark at one point. I mean, this is just how it goes. Alright, cool. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, so when I was about four or five, um, I walked up to my mom during a family party and, you know, said to her like Aunt Sue wants me to thank you for burying her in your jean jacket. So at that point my mom was like all right, this is weird. Wow. What's going on? Like, you know, I don't like my mom's like, did I tell him or did I speak about it? Probably not. So she's like, all right, this is weird. We have to stop speaking about it. So as I got a little bit older, I don't know if you're familiar with like Long Island area. But... I'm, it's a little bit not not super familiar. That's where you grew up. Yeah, okay. that's where I grew up. And in my backyard, there's, like, a woodsy type of area where, like, it's not a sump because it's not, but it's, like, a bunch of backyards share, like, a really big woodsy area. Okay. So I was about seven or eight years old, and I was pushing a swing set, and there's no one on it. Like, nobody. And my, and my mom's like, oh, what are you doing? Like that. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm pushing little Anthony. My, and my mom's like, oh, is that your imaginary friend? And I, I guess my the way that my mom described it to me was, like, I was very passionate about it, which made her get a little confused because, like, I really thought there was someone there. Like, I truly thought there was someone there. Yes. And then I kept saying, and I'm like, Anthony's here. He's fat. He's fat. And I kept screaming that. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? So um, my mom – so it was very weird. I guess the next couple of weeks to a month, the people that owned the house previously came by to pick up like mail and stuff like that I guess like continued to be sent to the house before they left and my mom goes I just have a question and they're like yeah and my mom's like did anyone like die in the backyard of our house um and the guy's like well yeah a kid named Anthony um passed away and he goes right where your swing set was mm. and he stepped on an in-grounds bee's nest and he's like and all the bees stung him, and he was deadly allergic to them. So his organs swelled up, and he kind of like puffed up, and oh he passed gosh. away. So my mom was like, "All right, this is like weird. Like you gotta like you know kind of get this under control." Like I could tell my mom was interested in it, but also really weirded out by it because mm -hmm. 
I guess back then it wasn't such like a big thing to be a medium or whatever. And my mom was confused. So as I got older, I started to realize like what I'm seeing, feeling and all that, like not everyone is like when I'm talking to people. So I, I stopped speaking about it and I didn't want to be made fun of too. Cause I got to the point when I was like a teenager where, you know, people make fun of people for silly things, mm -hmm. you know, in high school, middle school. And I was a big sports player, played sports all throughout my life. And I wanted to be like, a, I know it sounds weird, but I wanted to be like a normal person. Like, of course. I, 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 didn't, I think every yeah. kid goes through that. Every person goes through that. Right. So I wanted to be a normal person. So I was about to go off to college and um, I was about to go off to, um, there was like a preseason for my sport in the fall. So I was about to go off, get ready for preseason and all that. And I sit down. I'll never forget this. This moment kind of like stuck in my head. I sat down the night before. And I said to my mom, I said, is there any mental illness in the family? And she looked at me and she's like, no, there hasn't been any cases in like many generations. Why? And I was like, well, because, you know, I'm still seeing stuff and it's actually getting worse. And by worse, I meant like it's becoming more clear, mm -hmm. more people are coming through. Now, when I look at somebody that's a stranger, I see things about them that like it was just hard to explain. And I was trying to talk to my mom. Like, I, I think I'm schizophrenic. Like, I don't really know what's going on. And my mom's like, Oh my God. She's like, no, no, no. She, and then she said, coincidentally, she had an appointment with like a, like a local medium, like around Long Island. Cause there's a million of them around here. And, um, not, not just Teresa Caputo. <laughs> yeah. Not just Teresa Caputo. Yeah. And, um, and John Edwards and all that. Right. And, right. Right. And she's like, um, and she said, she goes, do you want me to ask her? And at that point, I was about 18, right? So I was like, to me, I thought a medium was like long hair, old lady, big nails, crystal ball. And I was like, right. I'm like, I'm like, what is this person going to even going to tell me? Like, you know, like, I have no idea. So she went and the medium was like, listen, he could be crazy. I have to see him. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so she was very nice and she let me come to like meet her and then when she saw me she said I'm very gifted very talented and then she helped me kind of like for a couple months you know kind of interpret um you know things I was seeing kind of like my own language like it's basically how I started was playing like the best way I can explain it is like playing Pictionary right you see images and then you have to interpret that to like your client that you're reading it has to be like applicable for for, for them so she was kind of helping me create some type of like new language or or whatever you want to call it. And then eventually when I got to a point where she couldn't train me anymore because I got advanced in a, like in a couple months, like I progressed quickly. She was like, you kind of have to do this on your own now. So my mom would bring friends that I've never met or coworkers that I've never met. And I started reading and reading and, you know, building my craft and really, you know, just like through just reading people kind of like helped me. And, you know, it kind of got to a point where it got like really, really big. Like I, you know, started getting like a lot of people. And then I still wasn't comfortable enough to tell people I was a medium. Like I was, I was afraid to tell people. Um, I was reading, I guess like I was doing private readings for like four years, five years before like I came out of the medium closet. Wow. Like, that's interesting. So you built up a lot of practice without even putting yourself out there as a medium. Yeah. I just couldn't, I, I honestly, I was afraid to lose friends. I was afraid. And you know, yeah. I did, 
I lost friends. I lost people that, you know, I thought were, you know, close to me and wouldn't judge me for this because like, if you, you know, I'm a very honest person. I'm, I'm, I'm a very compassionate person. So like, I would assume people would take my word for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if I'm telling you I'm seeing this and I'm doing this, like, trust me, I'm not making this up. Like I didn't ask to be medium. I didn't wake up one day and say, Hey, I really want to see dead people and really scare myself every single day for 20, for 20 years. Like, you know, like, like, please. So like, I was trying to explain that to my friends, but you know, I lost friends along the way, but some of my friends surprised me and they're like, dude, like, that's amazing. Like, you know, whatever you want to do. So as I started to really progress and kind of like, um, you know, really build my craft, I really wanted, like, my goal in life is to help people in any way. If I wasn't a medium, I would either be a cop or in, or in, in the military. Like, 100%, that's, like, what I want to do is to help people. So mm-hmm. I started, like, helping out with cold cases with, like, police departments. Really? And, yeah. Wow. I started doing, like, big cases. Um, and I'm, I'm doing a couple of stuff now. And, like, I kind of taught myself how to help them. I've solved, like, a really big, like, corporate, like, whistleblower case. I helped find a missing person. Like, I've done a bunch. And, like, that's kind of, like, like I just want to keep helping. So is there, if there's any way I can help, I'm going to teach myself through what I, I guess, my gift to help people. But I guess at 25, like, when I came out of the medium closet, that's when I started doing that. I started, I, you know, I read someone, and they're like, you have to go to L.A., you have to start reading these people. So I went to LA, started reading celebrities, and like it just kind of just kind of built from there. Like everything is kind of built from there, and that's where I am now. Yeah, is, is kind of like at that at at this point where you know I'm very thankful. I'm reading people every day and what? stuff. So really, you're reading people every day. You're that busy. Yeah. That is that exhausting yeah. for you? Yeah, it's exhausting. It's like imagine like you working out a muscle that you don't really work out that often. Mm-hmm. And it's like such a small muscle. So like you're building. So like anytime I read, like you can ask anyone, I wear a sweatshirt, whether it's a hundred degrees outside or it's 20 degrees outside because I sweat so much when I read. So I don't want people to see me sweating and, mm. and whatever. So I wear a sweatshirt. Like I, that's why I have so many sweatshirts. People say to me, like, you have so many sweatshirts. I'm like, well, I read every day. And I don't want people to see me sweat. So right. I wear a and then a sweatshirt on top of that. So And what like explain this to listeners so they can understand your process. And I know sometimes yeah. things can't even be put into words. I understand that language sometimes can't even suffice when you're explaining something deep and spiritual and, you know. Right. Unex- unexplainable in a lot of ways. But when you say you what you read people, do you get a feeling and an image in your mind? Do you actually see auras? Do you, okay. um, like what, what hap- What's this physical sensations? What's happening with you when you read someone? Yeah. So like the best way I can explain it and how I read there's, there's like a couple of ways because I kind of like, I kind of trained myself to see things in many different ways, just because again, like validation is such a big thing for me. So I want to see something like three or four times in a split second before I even tell you something. Okay. So like imagine like I'm reading and then or like you're reading, right? And you're like and you're like kind of getting in the zone and all of a sudden in your in your head you'll see like I'm just use me as an example. Let's say you you see me, right? Mm-hmm. So you say who's who's Jonathan, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, like that. But how I do it is like when someone sits down, wherever the energy goes. So it's a, like the best way I can explain it, too, is like imagine like the sun coming through a window and hitting the wall. And it's kind of like a very like light pigment to a, to like whatever it's, it's like hitting the wall. They kind of put images and they kind of shift into like what I need to see. So if I see that energy standing right behind you or right above you, like wherever it lines up, I'll know the, the relationship to you, to who's coming through. And then it goes very quickly. So it'd be like Jonathan, let's say brother, like, oh, your brother Jonathan is here. Mm-hmm. And then, and like, and that's how I do it. And then when it gets into more of really a specific type of um, details, it's like, imagine like a, like your phone, you're taking a screenshot, right? Right. They put screenshots in my head of like something that's very serious, but they'll, they'll relate it to me to something that I know. So if you watch a movie and you see someone, whatever, they'll put that, that scene in the movie screenshot in my head. So I'd be like, Oh, this person, blah, 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 like that. And the people are like, Oh my God. Yeah. So they try to put some stuff in my head that I can relate to or that I know of. When you say they, you mean spirits or yeah, loved ones. Yeah. Okay. When, yeah, the spirits when they come through or whatever people want to call them energy or guides, you know, when they come through, they kind of try to they try to make it as easy as possible for mm-hmm. whoever's connecting because they want messages to come through to, to people like they really do. Like, so that's why when you go to mediums or whatever and you're like, oh, my God, like it was so clear. That's because they really wanted, you know, to come through. And then you have people that are like you know, I wanted somebody else to come through because sometimes that happens. I mean, like, sometimes you really have your mindset on someone and then someone else comes through. I always explain to people that there's a reason why that that person came through. Like, there's a reason why. But I always try to connect people to the people that they want no matter what it is. Just because I would want, if I ever had a reading, I would want to hear from someone specific too. So I do get it. Yeah. And I mean, as humans, we all want to control things too, you know, (laughs) and feel like we can even control something that we can't explain. Do you feel like children are much more open to the other side, to connecting to other energies in general? 1000%. Okay. Thank you. That's my daughter. 100% for sure. Yeah. 1000% they are because they are so pure. Yeah. They have not had the world to really taint them. That's why you'll hear people's gifts go away when they hit around like their teenage area time, like mm-hmm. when they're like around 15, because then they have like high school, their friends, people telling them like this stuff is weird or, you know, they'll make fun of you. So you just shut it off. You're like, I don't even want to look at it anymore. Like this is weird. But when they're kids, Oh my God, it's like, it's, it's just wide open, right? It's completely open. Like the door it's, is completely open. My daughter had, um, what I believe was the spirit of someone who passed in our lives with her for about three years from like three to six. And it was very real to her. We completely were respectful of it. I mean, down to, you know, don't sit there. That's where Rose is sitting. Rose, oh. Rose I don't want to play today. Leave me alone. I mean, arguments even. It was, it was, I, I talk a lot about it early, early on in my podcast. I did a bonus episode because, um, it was starting to fade and go away, you know, after a while. And I just wanted to kind of capture all the things that had happened with her and our family. And, and I just thought, uh, what is this? And then I thought, well, I don't know, but I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let it be what it is. 
you know, and I found that as she got older, she's nine going on 10 now, it's just not even discussed anymore. Yeah, I think also what what's probably happening is sometimes the fear of it mm-hmm. is like kind of like overwhelming, right? So you've been seeing it your entire life and it, it never you like never get used to it. So like I'm 28 now and I've been doing it and I've been seeing stuff my whole life and I still to this day still get scared about stuff because it's unexpected it's it's not normal like you're seeing something that you know certain people don't see so i like i do get it so she's probably still seeing it but she's probably not being vocal about it Mm. like she's just probably internalizing it and like that's how i was like that's literally how i was i would see it but i wouldn't even tell people because like i just didn't i just didn't want to anymore I can understand that. I, You know what I love, though? I love that your mom really helped you. <clears throat> you know, that she heard you, and even though she was scared a little bit, too, that she helped you and gave you resources and then brought her friends over. I mean, isn't that amazing? It's the best. And then, like, trying to get my dad on board was, yeah. like, was like a little different. <laughs> but, um, you know, but he's he's now, like, one of my biggest fans. Oh, good. Obviously. Oh, good. So, it just yeah, took longer. But- it just took a little bit longer. He needed to see it. He like he needed to experience it. Like not not for himself, but he needed like his best friend died. And um I guess and I only met him a few times because they lived like out of state. So I didn't really meet like know them, but I guess when he passed away, they they like needed to see me. They like my mom spoke about me, like she speaks to everyone about me when I first started till now. My mom's like my biggest fan, my biggest everything. And um they were like, come on down. Like, he'll, like I'll read you. They were saying, like, like, Jonathan will, like, read you. And then I turned to my dad, and I said, why don't you, like, sit in for this? Like, I want you to, like, experience this. My dad's, like, this big Italian guy, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know. So he sits down, and I read the family. And everyone is kind of, like, crying, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and he looks, and at the end, he, like, turns to me, and he goes, like, holy shit he's like wow he's like holy shit like he's like he's like i can't really even say mm-hmm. anything besides that he's like because there's things that when i was a kid that my mom didn't even know that you were talking about and he's like he's like wow and now he's my biggest fan like since oh. i mean he was always like supportive but he wasn't vocal about it like you can tell like like him and my brother were like telling my mom like 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 when I first started like doing this, they're like, you know, like stop encouraging this. Stop. They're like, stop, 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 stop. They're like, just stop encouraging this. And then once, you know, my brother experienced it with me too, with one of his close friends passing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, I guess the biggest thing for my brother was seeing people like new people coming every day and people leaving crying and people leaving like whatever. And he's like, you know, there has to be something mm-hmm. like there has to, be because he's like, if you, if this wasn't real, you wouldn't be getting this many people. Like my brother's very like logical and analytical. Like he's not, you know, kind of like a free spirit. He's, he's a great person, the best person, right. but he's a business person. Like that's how his brain operates. It's like very logical, analytical, whatever. And that's how my dad is too. So that's why, you know, they both had that feeling. So it was very interesting. They just, they just needed to see the data, right? 
Exactly. That's yeah. What they, put. they needed proof. They, they needed, needed proof. Data and proof in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, t- so then this grew into kind of you being bi-coastal, you going to LA, yeah. you reading prominent people in pop culture, celebrities. Like, can you tell us about some of the, the people you've read that, you know, we'd be interested in? I know you probably can't get into details or maybe like yeah. one of the most interesting stories that sure, happened. Sure. I read um, Robbie Amell, was a great guy. Um, Audrina um, from The Hills, she's one of my close friends now. Heidi and Spencer. Um, JoJo, the singer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who I read. A, they, it all becomes like a blur now. Were, all, <laughs> were they, all those very different readings? or did Very, you, okay. very, very different. They're very, very different. Like, because everyone, like, has their own problems and, like, severe. Like, I always go towards, um, like, tragic passings for some reason. Like, I always go towards people that had a very... And, like, now all death is tragic, no matter if someone lived to 105 and passed away in their sleep. Mm -hmm. But I always go towards, like, the more tragic type of passings. But I've I've read, like, Josh Henderson. He's one of my best friends now, kind of like a brother to me in this, like, new Hollywood, like, world. Mm -hmm. To me, I read Robert Smith, The Billionaire, Hope Smith, The um, the Wife. I read um, a bunch of UFC fighters. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, that's interesting. So tell me one of the most unexpected uh, things that have happened during one of these readings. Yeah, yeah, let me think, because I know there's a bunch Okay, this is a funny story, I guess. I don't think Heidi and Spencer would care so much about this. Um, Heidi and Spencer from the Hills. Heidi and Spencer Pratt. Yeah, yeah, Heidi and Spencer Pratt. Amazing people, like, the best people. Um, The most supportive people now, too. So I read them, and, you know, it was kind of like a time crunch because we both had stuff going on. And (laughs) I'm leaving. I'm literally leaving, right? And we were talking about some things about, like, you know, what I'm doing and, like, stuff that's, like, planned out, like, for them and for myself. And they have someone that helps them watch their, like, son, you know? They have, like, a nanny sometimes to, like, help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I we, we were outside talking, and I called my Uber, and the Uber was pulling up. And as a joke, Spencer pulls a nanny out, and he goes... You know, he's like, yeah, do you see anything around her? You know, kind of like whatever. So um, I look at her. I tap in. You know, I was ready in the mode, whatever you want to call it. And I look at her and I go, huh. She goes, what? I go, one of your friends that lived on your block got hit by a car skateboarding, right? And she goes, yeah, that like, just happened. I'm like, wow. well, he's here with you now. And it was like a mic drop moment because they were both outside. Then I literally, the Uber pulled up and I walked right to the Uber and like, <laughs> I got in and like I left and I was like, that was a mic drop moment for me, oh like gosh. because they were not not that they were putting me on the spot, but they kind of were, you know. They kind of were, to, yeah, yeah. They kind of were, and you know, for them to hear that everyone was outside in front of the house, like we were all talking, and um, it was very, very funny. It was just very like, and, and it was a satisfaction feeling for me as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, well, I mean, so you just you saw this spirit, and you just it just came to you like that instantly. Yeah, I saw, like, the best way I can explain it was, like, like a very young spirit, right? So okay. you, you could tell the difference between age because of, like, you know, for me, it's, like, I if someone comes, like, like shoulder level with someone, it's, like, they were young. You know, they were young. So I could tell it was a young spirit. And then they in my head, they kept putting, like, a, like dropping car tires in front of me and then putting a skateboard. So putting two and two together, he got hit while on, on the skateboard with a car. So... 
That's so tragic. I, that's wild yeah. that you actually see those specific images. Yeah. And like, it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but I read a lot of huge, tragic, newsworthy stories. Like families come to me and they want me to like read them to help them, right? To, to like get through it. And, and these are all like ABC, like Good Morning America, like really big like news platforms. Yeah. That, and, but I'm trying to think of another funny, like, um, another funny celebrity one too. Um, so I was reading um, he's one of my close friends as well now and his name is Jose he is a um, he was like a fashion guy he's on he has a bunch of shows and whatever and I'm reading him and I said to him I see that you're going to have a kid and it's going to you know and it's going to be at a certain time and long and behold they're adopting a child and it's at that time really and, so that's the psychic part of what you do kind of so it's okay. more like I, I i like connected to someone in his family and mm -hmm. friends and they said that this is a very big moment for him and they showed me like what was kind of like written out for him so like i guess at that time he was already in the process of trying to adopt someone like trying to find someone and he found someone i guess and he didn't really speak about it and then he told me like six to nine months later like you know we got approved and this is the date and that's what you told us weird wow so, and you didn't know any part of that process was going on mm -mm. Mm -mm. so do you like not mm -mm. knowing anything about someone before you read them is that called a cold uh, reading that's called a cold reading yeah okay. i my so my mom's my uh momager or yeah. manager, whatever you want to call them she's your chris um, jenner yeah she's my chris jenner um she does all my appointments for me, which is like, I'm very thankful because like, I want to have someone that I trust obviously do this for me. Um, so they tell her everything and all we ask or all my mom asks for is just a first name. That's all we want. We don't want anything. But a lot of times people give me fake names and it doesn't really matter to me because I don't really need to know your name. Mm -hmm. But I have called people out before when I sit down, they'd be like, hi, my name is Melissa. And I'll look at them and be like, no, it's not. And, the, and they turn like white. And, and they're like, how do Whoops. you know? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, because they're showing me that's not your name. So like, and then they all turn very white. But like people do that all, all, all the time to me. And it's not a big deal. It doesn't really affect the reading at all. It doesn't bother me. Because like, I'm just going off of people that have passed away, not anything through like your name and stuff. So. so you don't have people bring like an item with them or a physical picture or anything. You just have them sit down in front of you and begin. Yeah, I don't need that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, people do bring it and they keep it like in their pocket or their pocketbook. But the best way that people have been describing me, like how I read, they say that I'm like John Edwards. Like I read just like him. So okay. like, so we both like John doesn't need it like an item. I don't need an item. It's just like it just comes to me. It's like a floodgate. But obviously, you know, people like to have that. People like to have an item, a picture to show me. Most of the time, they do it at the end. They're like, "Oh, this is who you were talking to," and they like show me like a like a like a picture of them. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. interesting. So they'll bring it yeah. with them and then kind of reveal it afterwards. Yeah, okay. a lot of times that's what they do, and a lot of times I'll say to them, I'll be like, "Oh, blah blah blah," saying you have their watch, necklace, bracelet, ring in your pocket right now. Yeah, and they pour it out, and they're like, "Holy crap!" 
Like, wow. like that's weird. Cause a lot of them like to hide that stuff too. Sure. Which is fine. Which you, is fine. Do you have to do this in person? Can you do this over Skype? Like if I have listeners who want to reach out to you and get a reading, but they're nowhere near you physically. And as we all know, we're kind of trapped in our houses for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. how could, what are the different ways you can do this for people? So, yeah, I do Skype. I read people from all over the globe. Oh, good. You know, okay. from like Hong Kong and all over. But I prefer Skype. And the reason why I prefer Skype is because I like to see the person when I read. I do do phone readings stuff too. I've also noticed that like when I read, people like to watch me read or just like the experience of looking at me while I read and like being there when I read versus like on the phone. So that's why now I gear people just to do it on Skype or whatever, just because it's just it's a different experience when you see it and you see me and we talk versus like on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like it's still the same information, but the experience is a lot different from what I understand from hearing it from people. Like it's just a better experience, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I can understand that. And you also said you need to see energy kind of in conjunction with where it's placed around the person. So that, yes. yeah, yeah, right. Okay. How do, what, what, tell us about your website and how people can get a hold of you. Yeah, so my website is jonathanmark.net. And, you know, a lot of people actually go through my Instagram more than, like, they, like, look at me. So they go to my Instagram and they, like, I guess there's, like, an email tab. I'm very bad with social media. So um, I have people help me with it a lot. Seriously, I need so much help. I mean, I'm an old lady trying to do it. It's ridiculous. Oh, no, you're probably great. I just have no idea. So, like, I just, like, have people, like, help me. But there's, like, an email tab, I guess, that they created on my page that you click and um i guess it goes right to my email to set up an appointment and stuff so yeah okay that's perfect so then they can go to jonathanmark.net and they can go to your instagram and what is it at it's at jonathan mark medium at jonathan mark medium you guys i'll put everything in the show notes so if you just scroll down in this episode show notes all of his links will be there um i follow you on instagram you have interesting stuff going on there it seems like you're you're pretty busy reading people like you said but you don't necessarily post everything that you do you know no yeah i try not i try to keep stuff private for people totally as much as i can yeah now you're going to be going on the hills because you're friends with some of those folks are you going to be doing a reading on there like what's what's happening with the hills yeah so i was already we we already filmed i was at audrina's um housewarming party oh okay and, and now um you know we're because this whole coronavirus mm-hmm. production is kind of on halt with some stuff, but I'm supposed to be doing a reading on the hills. Yes. Okay. Like a scene. Do you, uh, who is it going to be of? Can you tell us that or no? Not yet. Okay. I think, but it's going to be a pretty big one. So okay. that's all I could say it's going to be with a bunch of people. So. Okay. Well, when it airs, you let me know and I'll post it in my will. groups and everything so we can take a look. I mean, after people great. hear you here, we want to watch you in action, you know, That's on one great. of my favorite TV shows. So, okay. Before we end this segment and then we're going to sure. move a, l- a little bit of content to Patreon. I'm going to talk sure. to you one-on-one for a few minutes after this. Yeah. Let's just touch on something that's on all of our minds and we opened with it. Yeah. And you just mentioned it, the coronavirus and yes. kind of like the future Yes. The fear, the collective energy happening in the world, just in our communities. I mean, I don't even know what question to ask, but uh, what's going, like, what do you see? Do you see anything that can help yeah, us? Been, okay. Yeah, I've been getting calls from literally everyone. I'm it's sure. Like law, law enforcement to celebrities to like norm, like regular, well, I hate using that word regular people, but like. I normal. know what you mean. Yeah, like, but mm, so what, what I did was I kind of 
had to read someone that's like associated with what's going on with the coronavirus because that's how I do my stuff. If someone asks me to read something about a different topic, but they're not associated with it, it's a little hard for me because you're not associated with it. So it's like, I can't pull in the information, but from what I can see and what I've been reading is that I know it kind of is scary, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. But what I do see is around May, there's going to be a relief is the word I'm going to use Mm. a big relief from like mid April to May. You're going to, from what I see, there's going to be some type of relief with it. And when I say relief, I don't mean that everyone's going to be cured. I don't mean that. I mean, you're going to be able to start living like kind of like an everyday life, like not, not being quarantined, not being like, oh my God, I need to wash my hands every 30 seconds. I need to like, whatever. You're going to start to be able to see that people are going to be able to start going back to living how they were before this started. Just Right. Because this feels very much like a wartime circumstance where just everything changes, you know? Exactly. And it's like, and so you, you foresee that ending at some point. I do. I see that for, I foresee that ending around May. Okay. Like the May time, Mm -hmm. like within that month. But I see like you're like, we're going to start to see changes in a positive way towards mid to late April. And that's when you're going to see like, you're going to be like, wow. Okay. Um, I'm using this as, as an example. Gyms are opening back up and more people are going. But the biggest thing that I see with this is that people's mindsets of this spiritual world is going to change in a huge way. In a huge way. Like everyone is going to become a little bit more spiritual, whether, you know, you were very black and white in what in what's real and what's not real in your mind things are going to change like everything's going to change but it's but you're going to see a big positive change from around like i want to say like mid to late april like around april 24th to like you know to like may like that's kind of what i see and you're 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 just going to see a change and like when, when i tell people this i think they get a little bit confused like when i say that like they think everything's going to go back to normal. Like it's as if it's not going to happen. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you're, you're, you're going to see a huge change in the way that we live our lives going back to being normal. Not everyone being so scared to leave like their homes. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to see more people doing more things like, and there's going to be, I also see more advancements and not like obviously doctors are working on this now, but you're, you're going to see a big jump with, with that stuff, with like a vaccine or something like also relatively soon as well. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I foresee, and this isn't me having any kind of gift. It's just <laughs> kind of my, my hope maybe, but I foresee this changing people's feeling of connectedness to each other. 100%. Because it's like, we really are connected. If, if, if we've been taught anything by this, it's that we're connected in how we can go down and how right. we can stay up. You know what I mean? And we we cannot just live as individuals. 100%. And it also shows people no matter where you are, whether Mm -hmm. you have a million dollars or zero dollars, everyone gets affected by it and everyone has to deal with it the same way. So it also opens up people's minds in that way too, which is like the biggest thing for me because like people have this idea like, these people that have all this money can kind of like bypass like all this coronavirus and this because of the money they have and whatever. And it's not true. Right. Like everyone's the same. Everyone's the same. 
right. walk the same. Health everything. and disease is the common denominator, you know, here. Right. And this kind of worldwide pandemic highlights that like nothing else. It's Yeah, you can't buy your way out of this. You can't charm your way out of it. You can't know the right people. You know what I mean? And so it's it's like everyone is just baseline human with this. Right. And like, and that's the biggest thing because everyone seems to think that if you're on TV or you're, you have all this money, you're going to like be in a fortress and you're going to have people like giving you medicine that's not out. And it's like, it's not true. Like everyone is the exact same. And that's the best thing for me because like people are now finally seeing that. And like, that's my biggest thing. Like people like anytime like, Oh, you read this person. How, how are they? I'm like the same as you. Like, right. Like they're the same as you. I'm like, I don't know. Like they're, they're a person. They're a person. Right. Exactly. But we tend to think of each other through our lenses of like, oh, they're special or I'm not special or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. All the ego stuff. Right. And I'm trying to break that stigma, I guess, as much as I can. I think there's a real gift in how this is going to change the world. And I don't want to say that like Pollyanna, you guys listening, I'm not saying this is a good thing. This is some, this is some bullshit going on right now. We can all admit that, (laughs) but I, there yeah. can always there can always be some kind of gift that comes out of just huge turmoil like this. So maybe it will be us, you know, kind of seeing each other in a different way. One hundred percent, I agree. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.